0: Welcome to the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager, of so-called fantasy experts, founder of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host is on the line, and it's uh, AJ Applegarth. Uh, He's sort of trying to chime me in, man. I don't know what's going on today, so um, I will just continue talking until it actually decides to bring him on. Um, So yeah. Tonight, we are going to be talking some outfield, do the position preview there, continue those. And um, and then we're going to go ahead and, and talk about some of the league-specific type of, of scoring formats. Um, and some of the strategies that go behind the different kinds, you know, points leagues. You've got head-to-head categories. You've got rotisserie. Um, so every little one, is, every single one has a little bit of different. Uh, strategy behind it and we'll just kind of go through the the main topics and 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 get you ready so that you are fully prepared for your draft and uh, I think it finally got you in here AJ what's going on man hey what's going on uh not too much just uh ready to get a good show here tonight man I'm looking forward to it
1: yeah lots uh lots of players to talk about you know it's uh, obviously the deepest of positions, but then again, you are starting the most of these players in your league, so it kind of makes yes, sense. Yes,
0: that, that is definitely true, and uh, I made sure I had the correct intro there. Uh, had That song had nothing to do with baseball, uh, but the name of the band is called The Outfield, so I felt like I had to play it. Um, I'm yeah. not sure if you caught any of that, but I was in with,
1: uh, with 12 seconds to go, so I was on. on oh,
0: tonight. it's weird. It didn't, it didn't like pop you on. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, anyway, so before we get rolling into that though, there's a couple news items that we should, should get into. Uh, one of the, Probably the, the bigger news of the two that I wanted to get mention is Ian Desmond signed with the Rangers for one year $7 million or $7.8 million to be exact. Uh, he not only turned down a uh, an offer from the Nationals earlier this year for one year, like I believe it was 15 and a half, but last year he left a – million contract on the table, bet on himself Mm. to do better and clearly did not. (laughs) And it's now going to play for a one year deal for seven and a half, for eight million dollars. That is brutal. Like, (laughs) I mean, hey, I would take seven million, eight million dollars, but whew, that's, I don't know. I'd have a tough time sleeping at night if I you know, let a hundred million dollars go.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that definitely hurts not only the (laughs) wallet, but also basically just your overall outlook on life and uh, how you (laughs) view yourself. Um, I, 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 I'm all for the, Hey, I'm going to bet on myself to, uh, to show up this year and really make, this 100 million into, you know, 150 million. But clearly that did not happen. Um uh, he had a, a down year. The power just didn't seem to be there as much and he bet on himself and he lost. So, Ian Desmond not necessarily a guy I want to take to Vegas with me uh if I'm uh, if I'm going on a trip, but you know, but we'll see what happens with Texas. Um from what I'm seeing here, I feel like you know he's he's going to be playing in uh, in the outfield, so it, it's a nice tie-in to our our subject for the night, um, because he's going to basically be be the you know yeah
0: he's going to be yeah he's going to be outfield, and and we're going to get into that a little bit um, yeah so, so we'll hold off on that conversation there, but the other guy that probably hits a little closer to home for both of us is Dexter Fowler. We got all into it last week and all excited that he was signing with the Orioles, uh, was going to be lead off, was going to let Machado slide down. Uh, it was going to be great. You know, it was the outfielder the Orioles needed defensively. It was great. It was so exciting. It was the perfect move for them. Then, what, was it the next day or was it the day after? I, who cares? He pops up in the Cubs spring training, comes up on the field and announces he's signed with the Cubs.
1: Yeah, Dexter Fowler is officially dead to me right now. Um, (laughs) I I don't know if there was anyone that was more excited than me for whatever reason that he was coming to Baltimore. And not that he's any, like, great marquee name as it is, but, you know, I've always liked the guy since he's been – you know, in the league, and, you know, he came up with, with the Rockies, I believe. I know he played in Colorado for a few years, but, you know, I liked him when he was out there. He he came in last year for the Cubs and, you know, kind of lit that that team up and, and really just became this polarizing force for that team, even though they already had a, a nice, you know, thing going on with all the young players and everything. But then, you know, it's like, okay, great. This guy's coming. He's coming to Baltimore. You know, he's he's signing with us. uh, You know, now all of a sudden, now I'm going to go back to the Cubs. Like, what the hell is that? I I mean, I get that he never actually had an agreement. So maybe that's, you know, my own ignorance, thinking that something was a done deal when it sounded as though it was, but never really was. So I, I just don't get it. I mean, He's gone to a team that's obviously picked to go to the World Series, potentially win the World Series, um, you know, have a nice little Midwestern battle with Kansas City if they can get back there. It's not like the Orioles are some schlep team. It's not like, hey, you know, the San Diego Padres called and uh, they're looking to sign you long-term for five years and, uh, you know, 307 mil. What do you think? No, Baltimore is a great team and they're That's right out the more cut. money
0: and a longer contract. It was kind of an odd move. Like I, I don't I don't know. It it all it, it really rubbed me the wrong way like just how it all went down and I'm not even like I just I don't know man, like just something about it just seemed off. Like I I think the I kind of think the Bleacher report to my phone the other night saying that the league's gonna be looking into like the way that the o's do contracts and like specifically what happened with um with gallardo this year and what what happened with uh um Fowler and you know we we've been you know in the past we've just we've always been a team that has kind of tinkered with you know, oh, you're not quite passing your physical and all that kind of stuff. So, it's kind of always been kind of iffy with the Orioles. So, I think some stuff's going to get kind of looked into to see if there's been some foul play, even from the Orioles' side. i I'd be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, I don't nope. know. Something about that whole situation just really rubs me the wrong way, and I'm not I'm not happy about it at
1: all. Like I'm really pissed. But... No, I mean that that whole tampering thing is very legitimate. I mean here's a guy that you like and and maybe like myself, everybody was on board with him thinking he's a Baltimore Oriole. As soon as the Gallardo deal got done, it was like, okay, now the focus is going to Fowler. He's going to be the man. You know, we're getting him in. We're we're putting all our cards on the table. We're going all in this year. Draft picks be damned. Nobody cares about the future. We want to win now, that. And that's what fans like to see. I mean, for the most part. Because you always want your team to be in the thick of it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it was literally the next day. This guy just comes and shows up to Cubs camp, and he's like, oh, cool. You know, that's that's real real swell of you, Dexter. You're you're coming out to say goodbye to your old teammates and the friends you made last year. We really appreciate that. And then, hey, we're going to have, you know, Javier Baez over here talking about, you know, his rental car problems or whatever, the delay tactic, and before the big surprise of, hey, guess what, Dexter's here for good. Woo! Just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know what's going on with it. But, you know, I I'm just going to say that, you know, if there's a player that feels the wrath of my voodoo, he's probably the one that's going to get it this year. And, and I don't have a wish injury on anybody. You know, this is their livelihood. I want people to succeed and make their millions of dollars that I'm not making. So sure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm no longer looking at drafting this guy. Like I said, dead to me.
0: Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. And I agree with you. And <laughs> it's funny. I'm, I'm trying to queue up, the audio clip from Major League where, uh, I forget the guy's name, he's got the Joe Boo doll and he's doing his little thing, he's doing his little, like, song and dance and prayer to it. I thought it would fit for this, but it's not queuing up for some reason, so uh just had to pretend that that's playing, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I agree with you, like, I don't ever want to wish somebody harm, but in the back of my mind, I kind of Jew and the Cubs. <laughs> like, it's just dirty what happened. It's so aggravating. Because now we're probably going to have to play Mark Trumbo in the outfield unless we go trade for Jake Bruce. And that's going to cost us way more because it's a trade. So not happy about it. So who knows what's going to happen there. Anyway, we need to move on. Um, so, yeah, the outfield um, – of what is going to possibly work here. Hey,
1: is that your sister out there in left field? Naked? She's naked. Shut up, Porter! Hey, hey, hey! I'm just throwing to a little friendly conversation. Come on. You think she'd go out with me?
0: Please tell me you know where that's from. You're terrible at movies, but I hope you know that one. You there, AJ? Uh I think we hey,
1: have lost I AJ or hey. I know no, Yes, wondering. I can. <laughs> what phone, happened? My phone apparently decided to mute itself. Um, oh, that was, that was pretty was, cool. I was saying uh Pedro Serrano is the player you were talking about from Major League. Uh, uh Joe yeah. Boo's Joe Boor's mentor yeah. Joe Boo's mentor. Um and I, I don't know the movie. All I really heard was <sighs> Shut Up, Porter. Uh, do you think she'll go out with me? I want to say Little Rascals or um, maybe
0: a better I younger kid. Bears. movie.
1: Bears. Oh, better. Sandlot. Yes,
0: come on. Sandlot, man.
1: <laughs> You're I was, a I terrible man. to say... I, it, it, it's been a while since I've watched all these movies. so You're awful at uh, movies. My, uh, my memory it? cells are fading, but. Uh, Put down yeah, the feel beer. Free to tweet me. I, I got good information. <laughs> yeah, at right? Out. <laughs>
0: anyway, so outfield, man. So to me, this is where you're going to find the majority of your five tool players. And I don't think I'm alone here. Um, the top guys can legitimately be uh, you know elite in those five categories um you know and and so you know you're looking at you know you're looking at the top 2 you're looking at Trout and Harper obviously but any even guys after him like you know they they're all guys that you're going to want in the top like 20ish um it past you've seen in the past in the most recent years, you've seen a lot more outfielders, I think, go in the first round. Um, but because of the resurgence of third base and just how dominant those top guys were at the third base position this year or this past year, you're seeing a lot a lot more of them slide into the first round and it's pushing some of the other outfielders down. But that's still like it it's still regardless, like these guys are just going in the second round instead. They're still top of the draft. Um, you're going to see a lot more outfielders going in the in the first two rounds than, than I think most positions. Um, and like you said, you have to draft four or five of them in most leagues. Um, I, I think in the leagues that I'm aware of, very few of them still play three outfielders. When I first started playing, that's what you did. You played three outfielders because that's what major league teams did. Then everybody realized that there's a hundred decent outfielders in the major leagues that are fantasy relevant and you need to play way more of these guys. Um, And so getting into like the draft strategy for me, I, I want to get two of the top 20 guys, if not, better than top 20. Um, And, you know, you can get you can get guys that are are going to be good at steals. You're going to be guys that are going to be good at home runs, better, you know, good at average everywhere littered around this draft um, from the outfield position. And you're going to get guys even later in the draft that are going to be good at all the categories or at least three or four of them. A, a, A random That that I that I kind of figured out today was that of the top one. I'm using the ESPN Player Rater of the top 180 batters in the in the 2015 ESPN Player Rater. 54 batters had a positive rating, so an overall positive rating. Oh no, no, sorry, a positive rating in all five categories. So, meaning they were above zero in all five of the the, the standard categories, and twenty nine of those, over half, were outfielders. So this is where you're going to get if you're looking for five tool guys. This is where you're going to get it. And so it's pretty key to me that later on in the drafts, when you need help with steals or you need help kind of in all facets of your your team. You want to go after outfielders and, you know, get some of these guys that are just going to kind of help and sprinkle in some stats everywhere. And they're just kind of good players to have. Um, you know, I, I kind of always think of it as when I played fantasy basketball, I used to draft, you know, like Sean Marion every year because the guy just did a little bit of everything. He to any one category he wasn't scoring 30 points he wasn't scoring 25 barely scoring 20 but he'd get me 18 points he'd get me seven rebounds he'd get me four assists he'd get me a steal and a block a game and it was just like he gives me everything and nobody won them so he always fell in drafts like that's what a lot of these outfitters do like the ones later on they're not elite at any one thing but they're good in everything and those guys are really key to gluing your team together and making sure that you don't have huge gaps like you don't you know they're drafting those overall guys later on are so much better than getting the guy that's going to give you 20 home runs instead of you know this guy's 12 but that 20 home run guy is going to bat 220 to where the outfielder that I'm talking about might might bat 280 you know so so like it just it's just a huge plus to look at these guys later. Um so so that's that's kind of the way I always look at the outfield position. I go heavy first and then I kind of wait and sprinkle them in later with with just overall guys.
1: Yeah, I I look at it pretty much the same as first baseman. I mean, there's there's depth and uh you know, you got to get one of these top guys in my mind if not two of them. But you know the top guys. Obviously, I'm I'm saying to me, top guy is probably top 15. If you can get two guys in the top 10, if you got you know a, a later pick or or an early pick, and you have that turn coming back around, you know quickly to your draft spot, I don't have a problem going out and taking two outfielders in a row. Um, depending on who else is out there and what other positions you need, obviously, but. Like you said, I mean, third base this year is so deep that I feel like you can kind of wait on that if you're not going to get one of those top three, four guys and, and you know you're going to look out for some of the, the mid-tier guys. Why aren't you going for outfield? You know, you've got every single category is going to be helped by the guy you're drafting. And then you you pepper in those guys, like you said in those guys that you know you might be reaching on a little bit, but if you like them and there's nobody else that you really see on the draft board that you don't think you're going to get as much productivity out, you can't go wrong going with an outfielder. It's the most position that you have to fill on your roster every year. Yeah, th-
0: this is like one of those positions that when people try and take like the D Gordons or the the Jose Altuves in the f- in the second round, I'm thinking no way. Like I'm going outfield. Like if I'm looking and the top guy there is Jose Altuve, like sorry, I'm not drafting Jose Altuve. I'm going to get a- an outfielder who might get me instead of 40 stolen bases, he will get me 25 um and you know he'll double the home runs, but probably have just you know like just a more overall rounded player than Jose Altuve, and especially you know more overall rounded player than D Gordon. Who, yeah, granted, steals are at a premium this year, but I I just don't care. Like as long as I'm competitive in in steals this year, I'm I'm not gonna go out and try and win it. I've never tried to do that. I've drafted D Gordon once, and it was last year, and I got him a super discount in uh in a roto league I was in. And I uh, still didn't even win steals. Like it was ridiculous. It was just like it's just. I'm not doing that anymore. But uh, all
1: right, I, I think I've heard enough of your Jose Altuve bashing for one night. Right? we right, we're <laughs> we're here to talk outfield, not stud second baseman. We've already done that. Um But yeah, I I agree though. You gotta you gotta look at what's gonna help you more. If it's mm-hmm. a roto league, you're looking long term. Yeah, the steals are nice long term, but. You can always pick up steals somewhere down the line from p- plug-and-play guys, so right. I'm not really worried about that. Um, you know, in these second basemen towards the top, you know, Altuve and D. Gordon are not big power guys. Um, you know, they're they're there because of the speed and the average. So that's right. what you're focusing on there. And if that's what you want, great. You can still find that in outfield too, and still get more power. So. I definitely want to get, well, like I said, one of those top top seven guys if I can. And then, you know, that, depending on which one I get, I can decide which next one I'm going to get in that top 15. But I definitely want to have a lot of that power coming from my outfield. Steals yeah, I'm somewhere else. You know, average if I need to. I'll find that somewhere else. But I, I never really play for average anyways. I've I've always hated average. I think it's a waste of a category because you can have a guy that's going to hit you 30 home runs, but he may have a 240 average, and then he's killing you there. So I, I like just getting the top guys, sprinkling them in later, and using this position to find some of those other – Category helpers throughout the
0: way. I think we agree there. So, moving on to our questions here. So, AJ Pollock is a is a very intriguing player. Um, I want to ask you: Do you think he's worth a first round pick? Because no. he's right on that border.
1: No, Interesting. all no. right. I'm not. I'm not going after AJ Pollock in my first round. Um, you know, we share. Uh, the the love of going with initials for our name. Um, so I, I like him for that, especially because he decided to copy me and use my initials. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, I, I'd rather have more of a known commodity name. And, and maybe he'll be that guy in another year or two, and maybe he's going to prove me wrong this year. Uh, I mean, his stats are pretty, pretty good. Um I think stats wise he he can be worth the pick, but I'm not going for
0: him. Dude, I don't know, man. I, I, I like Pollock a lot. I mean I, I don't think what a lot of people realize is that on the ESPN player raider, and I know this isn't the end all be all, but it does to me it does carry a lot of weight. Um he was the number one player on the player raider last year. Better than Trout. Better than Harper better than Kershaw, better than all these guys, like better than Goldschmidt. He was the number one fantasy player in on ESPN, according to their scale of, you know, ranking players. That's something else. I mean, look, listen to this guy. 315, 20 home runs, 111 runs, 39 steals. He was almost a 2040 guy. He was having an amazing 2014 until he broke his hand. Like, he was on pace to do the exact same thing in 2014. Like, to me, the guy's already proven that he can do it. He just broke his hand. I think he got hit or something like that when he was batting. I think the ball hit his hand or something. Um,
1: I I I think he runs one in on him in in spring training a little, little too close, breaks his hand again, and, you know, here we go. My point is, is justified. Oh, okay. Right.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I, I like this guy a lot. I think he's worth a first round pick, if not super early second round pick. I mean, I'm thinking if I've got that end pick, I'm taking Pollock. You've got a little bit of everything there. You've got your steals and you're really not losing a lot of power by getting almost 40 steals. I mean, that's, and a good average, like this guy has it all. That's the thing. The only thing he really lacks is RBI. But I think he, yeah, he that's pretty yeah, high in that lineup. Yeah,
1: he's hitting early. He's not going to have a lot of RBIs. That's just the nature of it. But so you know what? No, I, I'm not against. I'm not against him. <laughs> the second rounder on him, but you know. I, I just don't. I don't. I can't go for him in the first.
0: I'll let someone. If he if he falls to me late in the first round and in any drafts, I'm snagging. Absolutely, this guy this guy is to me a true five tool player, and it's what you want from your outfield. Moving on though, JD the
1: next next guy we got here. I was going to say JD Martinez. I like Martinez better than I like Pollock. Um, you know. He's already shown as potentially top 10 outfielder. Um, He's pretty much going to be my fourth keeper this year. I mean, just on homers alone, the power is, is totally legit there, and he's in a powerful lineup. So, you know, when he's got all that help surrounding him and he's getting on base, he's doing all the right things, I love this guy. Another initials guy, too. You can't go wrong with initials.
0: So, obviously, the question that we had written down was, do you think he's a top-ten outfielder? I think you, you're you going to, in fact, say yes.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to say I actually, say he finishes top seven. Okay. Let's go okay, ahead of so your boy, got... A.J. Pollock.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean look the arguments can be made they're both great players um i have i have jd martinez as my number 10 outfielder like spot on 10 um i think the power is legit the iso is incredible 238 in 2014 253 in 2015 you know everybody last year kind of thought he was going to re- um kind of come back down from the the numbers that he he put up in 2014 uh, but he actually he actually did better, like no regression at all, and so uh, maybe we've seen the peak of what we get from JD Martinez. But I kind of just think it's what we can expect from him going forward for the next couple of years. So um, you know he makes fantastic contact with the ball. Um, he's got a high strikeout rate, but for some reason it doesn't bother me as much with him because he actually makes you know when he does make contact, it's all really good contact. So that that kind of balances out the high strikeout rate um, so yeah I absolutely think it's a top 10 outfielder I agree with you I I don't agree with you that he's going to finish higher than AJ Pollock I think overall because of the amount of steals that Pollock gets Pollock is going to get is going to be ranked higher um, but Martinez is going to have more RBI more home runs that's an absolute Pollock should have a higher average probably more runs way more steals and you know that. so that's Kind of the balance. They're both. I mean, they're both good players, but you know, if depending on which one you draft first or second on, you know, on your team, you're going to build your roster a little bit differently depending on who you have. So, like, you know, you can't go wrong with either guy. But I'm taking Pollock over over Martinez. Sorry, man.
1: That's fine. You can.
0: So um, the the guy that we mentioned early on. Ian Desmond, as we said, he got signed by Texas for one year, $7 million, $8 million. I keep saying seven for some reason. And uh, But he's not going to be playing shortstop. That is Elvis Andrews' position there. And they are not going to give it up to Desmond. Maybe on off days, uh, but you know they're moving him to outfield. Hamilton is, is hurt. And they're already saying he's going to miss at least the first month of the season. I'm guessing more at this point. I'm thinking it's a lot worse than they're leading on, and uh, we don't see Hamilton for a while. Um, that that's 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 my opinion, and you know when Hamilton wait. got hurt, a lot of people just thought Gallo was going to. Sorry, what were you gonna say?
1: I was gonna say, wait, what? Hamilton hurt? No, I don't. Know. <laughs> right. Never,
0: uh, um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of the news out there now is that you know, basically the Rangers are gonna kind of give up on Hamilton and just let him kind of sit around. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know if they're just gonna let him sit around. I mean, they, they are paying him money. I think if he gets healthy, they'll probably figure out a way to get him in the lineup at some point. You know, pinch hitting. You know, kind of platooning somewhere. somewhere, but maybe the kind of kind of yeah. I mean, the the guy that I see this hurrying more than anybody actually is, is Joey Gallo. I think a lot of people, when Hamilton got hurt, a lot of people thought that Gallo was going to kind of be the guy to gain a lot of value from that spot in the lineup. Um, you know, we saw him come up last year, in the first like two or three games, he just was like gangbusters, man. Just All he did was hit home runs and then he decided he didn't want to hit a baseball for like, 45 games. It felt like, so he was probably set back down and, uh, you know, he struck out, what was it, like 40% of the time or something ridiculous like that? Like, he struck out a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, he's still got that raw talent where you just kind of want to give him the chance. You know, he crushed it in the minors uh, 46% of the time. it was even worse than I thought. Um, but, yeah, you know, so... The thing with you know the thing with Desmond coming in there now is just I mean, we're not going to see Joey Gallo pretty much is what this means, but I don't know like what is your take on Desmond? like I don't understand why teams were so afraid of going after this guy. Was it really the first round draft pick that they had to give up to the nationals to get him? We're talking about a top five shortstop in baseball, like what are we talking about? The Orioles just I, gave a first-round pick to the Rangers for Gallardo. Like, get out of here! I would have taken Ian Desmond in a heartbeat over, even though we've got Hardy. Like, I'll take Desmond. He's a way better offensive oh, player a than more, Hardy. Better, in better
1: career. He's a much better. Yeah, I think he's a much better player than Hardy, and
0: not defensively. He'd be but, a better.
1: He'd be <laughs> a better DH for us too. I mean, I, I love Paredes, but. You know, if you're you have fix a, somebody a in the outfield, choice like a, between the two of them, yeah, if, yeah, if, it's if like, that's what you're going to do with the guy and say, you know, forget the shortstop idea, we're going to put you in the outfield, okay, bring him to Cannon Yards. I'm good with that too. Yeah, let the oh, Orioles but, do
0: that. Like, that was crazy. Like, that is a super discount. I mean, that's that's just crazy to me. That I, I don't know. I just don't get it. Like, something needs to be fixed with baseball. If that's the way that people are dealing with these top-notch I mean, we're talking about a first-round pick. Like, how many first-round first 1st picks become absolutely nothing? We never hear of these guys, where they come up yeah. and they just completely bomb. So, like, you're already getting a legit top player in baseball. You know,
1: I, I didn't want to yeah, yeah, for first-round The draft doesn't really matter. I mean, not that it doesn't matter, but when you're drafting so much every year and you're building this huge farm system, I mean, how many of these first round picks are pitchers? And all right, well, we're going to bring this guy in as a starter. Guy becomes nothing more than a middle reliever for eight years between 17. Like, no thanks. I could care less about that. They're a dime a dozen. Give me a known quantity. Give me the power, and Desmond has it. So
0: yeah, uh, it, in a premium it, position too. That's the crazy thing. I mean, thing, Texas
1: man. was a total dark horse to me. I, I didn't even think of it because I didn't they either. had a shortstop. So you know, to me, it was like, okay, well, Colorado Rockies perfect fit. You know, yeah, they've got they've got a, a you know top prospect in uh, say Trevor Story. Uh, that that's potentially ready to come up. Reyes was still a question mark, but now he's not. So what would it have hurt for you to go get that guy and bring him into the confines of cores? Uh, hello, 30-plus home run guy. Uh, I mean, I don't get it. Texas is yeah, kind of a bandbox box, too. So, you know, you get that Texas yeah, he heat going, be- and that's.
0: I, I think Desi is going to
1: do very,
0: very well in that lineup. He's going to – that's a good lineup in Texas. Like, it's – you know, everybody knows about Fielder. Everybody knows about Mitch Moreland. Um, you know is kind of on the downswing of his career. But he, he's still – you know, he's still good. Um, Delano DeShields, he's a guy that that, you know, a lot of people don't really think about, but – He's going to be good at the top of that lineup. Um, I'm trying to think of who else they have. Like, Andrews is kind of mediocre, in my opinion, but he's a good defensive shortstop, and that's you know that's good enough. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got guys. They've got a good lineup, and, it's, yeah, absolutely a good ballpark. Ian Desmond is going to, I think, flourish there, um, especially now that he doesn't have to sit there and worry about playing defensive shortstop, which he's terrible at. Um, yeah led the he had to have led the leagues in errors i felt like i went to work because i work in dc so i hear from this one guy every day he just i, I mean like another error by desmond blows the game for the nationals <laughs> Like every single day i felt like uh and and i owned him on my fantasy team last year in fswa and just saw the horrible year he had at least for the first i don't know half to almost two thirds of the year and then he finally picked it up at the end. I mean guys still finished with nice home runs and thirteen steals. Like it wasn't a total loss of a year. It just felt like it because he was so bad early on. So that's it's pretty it's pretty crazy to me that just because of the first round pick, nobody wanted this guy. And that's just this is ridiculous. Like that needs to get fixed in baseball. Because Desmond's worth way more than one year seven million dollars. I don't, you know, maybe not a hundred million dollars at this point. Like he kind of screwed him. He shot shot himself in the foot last year, not taking that deal. Um, yeah. But I don't know. But to get back to the question, we kind of stri- you know, went off key there or went off point there. What, what kind of value do you think he's got in Texas?
1: I mean, if he plays every day, he's got a lot of value. Uh, I mean, I yeah. think we pretty much covered that with our little off discussion. Yeah, yeah but, a little bit. I mean, yeah, Gallo, I mean, I don't, this guy was so talented last year, and he came up, like you said, played well for the first couple of weeks, struck out a lot, but now he's like a complete afterthought, I feel like. Um, with I don't them. know about I mean, that. I think going to have to give him more time. Well yeah, I mean he's like, you know, it was the the okay, well this is Beltre's replacement blah blah blah, but you know, then he's got the outfield eligibility, but Desmond is he's going to play as long as Hamilton's out, and if he proves himself, I think he earns the ball over Hamilton, you know, or earns the the spot. As long as he doesn't right. commit, you know, all those errors he had at shortstop, as long as he's not committing them, In the outfield, I think he's going to be just fine. He's definitely, you know, bumped up my draft board a little bit more because of the ability to have two positions now, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think you're going to definitely want to draft him as a shortstop. I mean, shortstop's such a premium position. I think he actually loses value in 2017. If he only has outfield eligibility, I think he'll drop. Um but not, not too much. I mean, he, he can still, he's still got power speed combo and that's, and that's, you know, it's pretty damn good. So, um, as long as he doesn't fall on his face again, like he did last year and for the first you know half to two thirds, then, uh, then I think he'll still be pretty decent, but he definitely loses a little bit of value just by having outfield only. Um, Another guy, though, that was a huge prospect talent. You know, we were talking about Gallo, uh, George Springer. You know, he's come up and he's done some nice things. Been injured though, um, he hasn't quite lived up to expectations yet. But do you think he ever will? Like a lot of guy, a lot of people think he could be thirty thirty. Like, do you think he's ever going to finally hit that number?
1: Yes. I absolutely do. I I like Springer a lot this year. Um, you know, again, if he stays healthy, I think he's easily a 30-30 guy. Uh, you know, Houston, another solid lineup. Um, you know, it's just that, that whole team aspect that, that they have going on there in Houston. And, you know, with what they did last year without him there for a lot of time, you know, just think of, if they did have him there, how much more they would have been doing. I mean, I like him a lot. Uh,
0: I mean, I don't know what it is about. I just, I can't jump on the bandwagon. Like injuries, I think have a lot to do with it. Like the guy just cannot seem to stay healthy. Um, You know, he, he just, he, yeah, he had, a, you know, he he had a good year last year. Um, but I kind of think 2020, maybe 2520 cuz he does have a little bit more pop is kind of what you're going to get from him, which is still good. 3030 is pretty ridiculous. There's not a lot of guys that do that. Um, but you know, 2520 is probably where I think his ceiling is. Um, I just, I'm just i just not sure he's, he's going to ever quite put it all together. I mean, he, he really kind of struggled at, at times last year. You know, I don't know. There's, I don't have a whole lot of stats to back that up because there's just not a lot there with him. He's missed so much time. Like, it's hard to project him going forward. But, you know, even even right now, like, I'm looking at fan graphs, like, 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 steamer projections have him at twenty six fifteen. Um the most this fan forty two, I think this is a bunch of fans have put their projections in. Um they uh apparently they have him at twenty six twenty two, so they're kind of where I'm saying like twenty five twenty. Um so I mean I don't know. I think he's good I think he's a fine player to draft. He's still young. He's going to be turning 27 this year, um, which is actually older than I thought he was, which is interesting. Um, but, you know, so he's still, you know, definitely in the prime of his career. But I don't know. There's something about him that just, Makes me think that like twenty five twenty is kind of what you're gonna get from him, which is still super legit. Like you're still gonna be very happy with that. I think you're just gonna yeah. have to deal with like the cold spells, like you've seen with him throughout his playing time so far in the majors, where he just goes ice cold, and you're like, who? What happened to George Springer? Um, yeah. So I think well, I think I that's think kind of what you're gonna have to that, deal with.
1: I think part of that could be because of the injuries too, and he's just not able to get into this rhythm, and then. You know, I know that happens to a lot of players, but you know, with as much time as he's missed, it's not out of the question that, that that's part of it. But you know, or or is there like an underlying? I'm afraid to get injured again um, because of whatever. Then is that going to affect his his mindset too,
0: and and how yeah. he
1: approaches how he approaches yeah, the game? I mean-
0: I will say this. The nice thing that you saw last year from him was that he did run. The big knock on him from 2014 was that he didn't run. He only had five stolen bases in like 78 games. So the fact that he right. got to 16 last year in 102 games is, is is really good to see. So maybe he'll start running more, but usually guys, the older they get run less. I mean, we see it with Trout, like he's not, he's running less and less and less every year because the power is there and his you know, they don't want to take them off the base paths and, you know, you get them hurt and things like that. So, you know, we've talked about that before, like guys just kind of stop running. I mean, Adam Jones doesn't run anymore at all. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just what happens. So, um, but the, the finish of this up real quick, I, I just kind of want to run through some of this. One of the, one of the big things that I always think of when I, when I think of outfield is the big platoons you get. And, uh, If you can do it right, like if you're in a large enough league, you know, you start in five outfielders, you can draft two or three of these platoon guys and kind of mix and match them every day if you've got daily lineup switching. And you can have a legitimate top outfielder combined between all these guys. And so some of the platoons that I think you're going to want to watch out for, and and if you can add any, go ahead. I just kind of made a quick list here before I jumped on. One is the Cubs. We we talked about that a little bit. Um, Fowler going there, you know, Soler and Schwarber even at this point. Like, who, who knows? Like, I don't know what's going to happen to Schwarber now that Fowler signed with, with them. Like, I think it's going to be very interesting. And to me, I'm really staying away from Schwarber now. Uh, they're talking about maybe putting him back behind a plate here and there to, to catch Ketriks, but I don't know. Um Tampa Bay, now that they signed uh, Corey Dickerson, they've got just a gluttony of outfielders. Steven Souza, Desmond Jennings, Logan Morrison, James Loney, Steve Pierce, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is kind of mixed in there too. Like all these guys, like, uh, you know, they, they could all, you know, I think Dickerson is absolutely going to play every day or probably every day, although. I'll talk about him in a minute here, but uh, the Mariners have a bit of a platoon situation possibly with Franklin Gutierrez and Seth Smith. Seth Smith is definitely, I always mix it up in my head if he's a righty specialist or a lefty specialist, but he he definitely hits one better than the other, definitely. And those are the things you want to look at with these guys is like, do they hit lefties better than righties, righties better than lefties? you know, type of thing. And and when are they going to play? Are they going to, how often are they going to play? And realize that there are way more right-handed pitchers than left-handed pitchers. So you generally want to get the guys that are going to play against, you know, against the righties. But you're going to, if you're going to try and do this strategy, you also are going to need one that's going to play against the lefties. So to, to balance it out so that you've got that, you know, that both ways for that, for that roster spot. Um, Another guy, another team is the, is the Royals with Jared Dyson, who if he can get legitimate playing time is going to steal 50, 60 bases. Um, But Paulo Orlando is there. And, you know, we saw the Royals liked him last year and kind of played him a a lot more than I thought they would. And Dyson didn't get as much playing time there. Um, The Indians have Abraham Almonte, who's pretty decent, but Rajay Davis, um, he can be another guy, like if he could just get legitimate playing time. I mean, that's talking 35, 40 stolen bases probably. Um, the Cardinals outfield is always kind of in, in in flux. I think they've got, you know, it pretty much locked down. But for some reason in the back of my mind, I just think that they're going to just bring up somebody and they're just going to have a platoon because it just seems like what they always do. Um, I think one guy that comes to mind that, that could potentially, you know, take some playing time away is Tommy Pham. He did pretty good. So uh I don't know if you've got any that, that you want to throw in there.
1: Um, yeah just one real quick that kind of came to me, Toronto. Uh you got Dalton Pompey, oh, yeah. uh Kevin Pilar and uh Chris Colabello that, you know, he's also first base eligible too, but um you know they're all guys that, that can put Something together in some of these categories, and you know Pompey, if he stays up and plays, you know I like him a lot. So that's that's one that I you know just like I said, just kind of came to me as I was hearing you rattle these off.
0: Um, yeah, the I mean the, the that's a good one. I I totally forgot about them. They had yeah, the the Blue Jays are now that I'm looking at their death try right now. I mean they did try and get Jay Bruce for a reason because they didn't have that legitimate third outfielder. You know I I think it's easily Bautista easily pilar um but that left field spot you're looking at guys like michael saunders who can't stay healthy i wish he could because yeah. he'd be a, t- a five tool guy um you're looking at pompey um carrera like you're just looking at kind of like i think they're just gonna like mix and match to that spot until maybe somebody locks on or they're just gonna platoon it like but that's the thing like those guys can be valuable if you use them right um so that's that's kind of a strategy that that I I started using last year in one of my leagues and it really worked out for me. Um, I just I never I didn't get enough outfielders so I just using the just started using the platoon guys mixing them and and you know whichever one played that day was the one I was the one I I started so it worked out pretty mo- pretty well. Yeah, but let's move on. Um, close out the outfielders here in the next couple minutes and um, so. Do my sleeper and bust. So my, my sleeper is actually going to be uh, Her- Gerardo Parra. um I think he's pretty underrated. 14-14 uh, last year, even though he was really bad for the Orioles when he came over. He did most of his damage when he played for Milwaukee. Uh, moving to Colorado should only help his power. Um, I think you could easily see a, a close to 2020 season, if not a little higher for him. And he's a real steal where he's getting drafted right now. So I, I think he's a he's a good sleeper for you.
1: Yeah, go ahead and do your uh, your bust now too, because I've got a couple of guys that I'm going to just wail through pretty quick. So, <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, so my bust, and I kind of said I talk about him later, so maybe I gave it away. But my bust is going to be Corey Dickerson. Um, this guy's splits are awful, um, and away away from away from Coors Field, the splits are just horrendous and his, his righty lefty splits aren't good either. So I kind of think that if he really starts struggling against left-handed batters or left-handed pitchers, that he is going to get pulled. And so he'll lose playing time there. Like he'll just become part of the outfield mix. Um, he's better than the other one, So I think he'll get way more playing time than everybody else, but I would just be leery about him. And, you know, I don't think the power is going to be there and yeah, I just I think everything drops this year for him. Plus, he's an injury risk, so like,
1: you just got to worry about all that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my uh, I'm staying away from Dickerson, too. I, I have no interest in him. I'm just seeing what he didn't do last year with all that injury time off. You know, I'm scared enough away from him. Um. All right. So I'll do my uh my sleepers here in in kind of order of drafting, you know, where they're getting drafted. Uh, First one, I I really like Puig, Yasiel Puig. He had a really down year last year. He was injured for a while. I think he's a big bounce-back candidate if he can get his head straight. Um, Jay Bruce is my next one. You've already kind of mentioned him a couple of times. You know, the power's always kind of been there, but the average is absolutely garbage, so he needs to bump that up. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm really just banking on on him getting traded. Um, You know, the rumblings of either Toronto or Baltimore could easily add to his power numbers, you know, both Mm -hmm. both nice ballparks for batters. And then the last one who I like, you know, seems like he's going fairly late, is uh, Ender Inciarte for Atlanta. Now, Atlanta's Mm -hmm. kind of a weak team. We already talked about that a little bit, but just seeing what he put up number wise last year versus where he's going, he's kinda of like my Geraldo para um I like him a lot. My uh my busts here basically the first one might be surprising uh, is uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Um I love Kutch, don't get me wrong. Guy's a, a stud, he's an absolute elite player. But I'm not taking him in the first round either. I think he's he's fallen if he falls to me in the second then i'll I'll look at it a little harder. but he's not running anymore and, and you know he's still got a good offense around him but i'm I'm believing him for someone else in the first round and he's he's had some injury issues as well um another one that you already mentioned, Adam Jones not running anymore still a good player, but you know he's not a guy that i'm you know, I'm going to wait on him. If if he falls to me, you know, a, a round or two later than where he's going, I'll, I'll take him. And then the last one, who I've already mentioned, Dexter Fowler, you're dead to me. That's it.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to disagree with you real quick on the Andrew McCutcheon thing. I think he's just become boring to a lot of players. Like, it's just, you know what you're getting from him. Yes, the runs have tapered, the stolen bases have tapered off. The just consistent production that you get from that guy is just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not passing up on him in the first round, late first round at this point, but I'm taking well, him. Yeah. It. So yeah. uh, it's, it's it's too crazy. crazy. <laughs> I, I just you're not the only person though that has I've heard talk about how Andrew McCutcheon is a you know not a not, I don't know bust may be a strong word for him but like he's going to yeah. not return value so I guess that means he's a bust but you know you know I, I don't know I just I can't do it I mean even last year when he had a down year 23 home runs almost 100 runs and RBI 11 stolen bases almost bad at 300 like I'm not that's that's crazy and that was a bad year for him because he was awful in the first half I do know that but yeah I cannot I cannot say that he's He's gonna be a bust. Um,
1: no, he's gonna put up the numbers and he's gonna help your team regardless. But yeah, like you said, he is boring. He's a known quantity. You know what you're getting. There's nothing really sexy about it anymore. You know the the, the sheen is worn off. I still like the guy. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm just not picking him in the first round.
0: Yeah. So we're probably going to go a little long here, but I do want to get into this. Um, So going into fantasy baseball drafts, you know, everybody everybody plays their different style. So um, we've got rotisserie, we've got head-to-head categories, and we've got points leagues. Um, So everyone has... A little bit different strategy that you that you need to have going into every single draft every single league, and um you know i'll I'll start off here with with rotisserie and you know I, I didn't play a lot of roto when I first started playing i I did a lot of head to head categories uh you know it was just my friends setting it up, and you know I think it was just more it was more like football, you know like oh it needs to be head to head and so everybody did it um So, yeah, so, you know, Roto is, to me, Roto, the the big thing with Roto is that you you want consistent guys um, and you can wait on pitching in Roto because you just need good enough stats to be competitive all year long. Like, you don't need Kershaw, you don't need Scherzer. Those guys definitely help, but you can win with just a bunch of good pitchers. And, you know, in Roto, the other thing that can really help you, because in Roto, you're dealing a lot of times with innings limits, is get those elite setup guys. You know, get your Dylan Batances, get your Tony Watsons, get your, I'm blanking on names right now, Andrew Millers and things like that. Which, oh, yeah, by the way, we forgot to mention um, uh, Chapman suspended 30 games.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: totally forgot to mention that early on. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Andrew Miller is going to be the closer for the first 30 games. Where, where, are, you, where are you ranking uh, Chapman now, if you, if you had to do it real quick? Who, you, How far down are you sliding him? Because he was number oh. one in like everybody's rankings. Thirty games really isn't a lot. That's the first month. Uh, it's,
1: like, yeah, I I still think he's a top. I I might be looking at him. You know, twelve, thirteen.
0: Out of all the closers, but, I think I'm still putting him top
1: five. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna. But he's the first month. He's definitely gonna. Cl- I mean, he's kind of close, but yeah, he is. If something happens, and you know they've got both the Batances and Miller, you just mentioned. So they're going to be coming in and, you know, snaking steals or uh, saves from saves. him. So, you know, I think it's a nice problem for them to have because they can rest him a little bit more. They don't necessarily have to trot him out every night. You know, they can do two nights in a row and then give him two or three nights off and not have to worry about him. So he's going to be fresh all season and he's going yeah. to miss, missing the first I mean, I month. I,
0: just, I don't see a lot of teams doing stuff like that. So I kind of doubt that they do that, but, uh, you know, I think even missing the first, even missing the first month, he'll be a top five closer the the rest of the way.
1: Uh, yeah, but anyway, back to I,
0: Roto. Um, so, yeah, so you can kind of wait on pitching in this one and just kind of load up on a bunch of those second, third, four, fifth tier guys and just, have a good rotation of guys. You know, get those elite high strikeout middle reliever guys. Um, and then what you want to do it, it, another strategy, like middle of the season, if you find yourself at the, you know, you're blowing away people in home runs, you're blowing away people. So you've got D. Gordon, you've got, you know, um, Ben Revere, you, you've got, Dalton Pompey, you know, and, and you've got a 100-steel lead over the second-best guy, trade D, Gordon, and go get some power. Go get something else that's going to help you. Like, the chances of you losing that 100-steel lead is pretty slim. And so what you want to do is make sure that you get your points up in another category to help you win. Like, you never want to punt. The, the last thing I'm going to say about Roto is you never want to punt a category in Roto. It's is an absolute no. no-no. Because if you get one point for that category, then you have to basically be top two or three in all the other categories to win your league. The chances of you doing that is not good. So the, that's my absolute last thing, is you never want to punt a category in Roto.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not... Super familiar with roto. I have played in a couple of leagues, and my only, you know, knock on it is because of the consistency that you need. If you go out and and you pick up some of these flash in the pan guys, you can stream those types of guys, and you know get while they're getting good, and help your numbers. But to me, I feel like those guys aren't really around towards the end of the season. They've kind of already. Come and gone, and if you have really, if you have a younger team too, guys that just aren't used to the playing time, they seem to tail off at the end of the year. So I've had you know instances where I've been in the lead or or right towards the top of the league, and then you know August rolls around and and then September starts and my team just falls flat. That's why you need to go after these guys that are just you know what you're getting and you know they're gonna produce all year long. You're Andrew McCutcheon, you know. Like I said, yeah. in the Roto league, absolutely he's a first round pick for me because of what he does. You know, he's a mm-hmm. five tool guy and he's putting up numbers the whole year. Um so it's definitely a, a different draft strategy whereas, you know, like a head to head categories league similar to Roto in that you're trying to win categories, but you're only doing it on a week-to-week basis. So those flash-in-the-pan guys are great for head-to-head categories because you ride them out and they could easily win you your matchup because of what they mm-hmm. put out there. Um, so those those types of leagues, that that's really what I'm looking for um, to try to find some of those guys. And if they pan out to be you know, solid players for four out of the six months of the year, then even better. Um, you know, or if you if you find a guy, even, even in the draft, I'm looking for guys that I know have good, you know, season splits as opposed to first half versus second half. And I'm going to try to ride out that first half wave of these guys and then try and trade them off. Um, you know, because people are going to look at that and think, okay, great, and then see who who's been faltering throughout the year that you know is going to bounce back, or that just hasn't gotten it together. Um, you know, to start the season, and you have someone like last year, Max Scherzer, was incredible oh, in the first God, half, yeah. absolutely mind-numbingly good in the first half. And I was really kicking myself that with the second pick in, granted, it was a points league, but my second overall pick I took Mike Trout, and I was happy with that, because the other guy took Kershaw. Um, but I really wanted yeah, well,
0: to fall that's back. A, that's a happy.
1: special league
0: that you're in there. Yeah. But
1: well, uh, yeah. But even in a points league in general, you know, that, that would have been the same, well, Kershaw wouldn't have necessarily gone first, but Yeah, I was gonna say. I I was so mad at myself for not going with my gut and taking Scherzer, but then seeing what he did in the second half. In my dynasty league, he just which was a category league, he didn't really help me that much. He didn't kill me, but he wasn't anywhere near what he was in the second half. And I don't I don't know why the burnout happened. Maybe teams just started figuring him out, but. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what happened to
0: Scherzer last year, but I, I so my, my take on head to head categories, um, and, and, you know, you, you kind of preluded to this too, like you, you do need to get the, you know, you kind of need to almost, you kind of almost have to stream a little bit in head to head to get those, you know, those guys that are on one to two week, you know, kicks where they're just absolutely crushing the ball. Um, Pitching is a little bit more important in head to head leagues than it is in head to head category leagues than it is in Roto. like you need those you need a couple top end guys or you're just never gonna get the consistent like you might have one or two weeks where your lower end guys can just they all pitch well and you have a two and a half e r a that week or something um but you're never gonna have you need those those absolute dominate guys that are going to keep your ERA and your whip low um, that are going to get you all the strikeouts that you need because um, otherwise you're just going to struggle in those categories all year long and it's going to be your Achilles heel it's happened to me twice in our league um, yeah. to where my team was good enough all year long to just dominate and I was first place head in the playoffs and then I got to the playoffs and all the playoff teams pitching was better than mine. And I just stumbled. Um So head-to-head categories to me, pitching is more important. It's not the most important, but it needs to be more important than it is in Roto leagues. And you, you've really yeah. got to pay attention to, like you said, guys just stumbling down the stretch. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it, but you know, you might need to make the tough call come playoff time and, and drop some of these guys, you know, and just, Go with the hotter hand.
1: Yeah, and pitching wise, I mean, I, I I like looking for for the relievers in that a lot more, depending on how many, you know, pitchers you have on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, those relievers if you get some of those top notch relievers, they're not getting beat up, you know. So they're they're easily helping your ERA and keeping your whip intact and hopefully netting you saves and or holds. So you know they're they're solid guys to have, um, and, and you could go out and get maybe two aces, if you will, or you know three, you know two, number two guys that you know are still going to produce solid numbers most of the season um, and not crush you too much, and then get a lot of these you know closer type guys or or setup guys that are just going to fill in those gaps that you need if you don't have, you know, a whole team of horses. right. But flipping into the, the last one here, uh, you know, points leagues, obviously pitching is king. You know, it's just like regular baseball right now where the pitchers are just dominating the game. And based on, you know, the standard league settings for, for ESPN or whatever you're looking at, you compare it to the offensive guys and why wouldn't you go out and, and reach on some of these pitchers? Um, you know, the league that you attested to, my my one points league, is very heavy pitching. And the first round and some of the second round, people are going nuts and going for any ace they can get their hands on. The guy that won the mm-hmm. league last year drafted five straight starting pitchers, and then I believe he took two straight closers before he picked his his first offensive player. I could be wrong on that. He may have picked the first six rounds, got one closer, and then came back, got his first offensive guy, and I think it was Adrian Gonzalez. Um, But (laughs) it, it was absurd. But... Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. I, I yeah, that league yeah, years is like
0: super heavy pitching. Like I I'll, I'll say this, like I think a lot of points leagues are heavy pitching. I mean, like the fact that a guy, a pitcher can go out there, you know, you you get your Kershaws, you get your you know, Scherzers, your Cole's, your DeGroms, your, Sales, your your all those guys, like you get those guys and then they could just go out there and 30, 40 points in one one night that's, well, that's yeah. a huge amount of points in one night and then if they do even better like if they randomly give you like and that's the big thing about points league is like it's even more important in points leagues to understand all of your scoring categories than it is in a roto and a head-to-head league like in a roto and a head-to-head league like it's fairly obvious you go to your team page yeah. that's all your categories in a, in a points league like um you know, how much are wins worth? How much are losses worth? How much is each yeah. inning worth? Like, that's the thing with pitching. It's like each inning pitched is points. So like, and how many points, like some leagues, it's 0.3 per out. Some leagues it's one point per out. So like pitching can be, yeah. Like, and so that's the point, like pitching in your league is totally skewed to where it's, it's so heavy pitcher because it's one point per inning. So even if you get a guy or one point per out, yeah, one point per out. Like so every inning is three points. So even if he yep. lift up like a run at a hit, you're still getting positive points. Even if yeah. he you know so if he goes six innings, he's getting you eighteen points. I do the math right there. <laughs> and yeah. uh you know eighteen points just for that. Plus you're getting strikeouts plus you're getting everything else he gives you. Obviously, you can get negative, but, but yeah. But the keep... problem
1: is is with and not just with with my league, but in general. So you're getting the points taken off for a hit, for a walk, for you know, a strikeout. You're gaining back a point. If you get a high strikeout guy and a who's a low whip, low ERA guy, those stats are already. Potentially canceling themselves out,
0: you know exactly. you give up
1: six hits and two walks and you strike out ten, you're still making out on that deal, you know yeah exactly like, then, you add the you then you add the win,
0: then you yeah. add you know if you do and you know if quality starts is also one of your categories, like it just yeah. can balloon the pitchers can points can totally balloon
1: and it, well, and it's and then and it's interesting you even have because, complete games, no hitters,. Shut right. out. Yeah, you get those uh, bonus points. You know, perfect games, which, you know, don't have maybe one a year, but um, it, it seems like there's always at least, you know, two to two to five no-hitters the past few years. A couple of them have been perfect games. Those pitchers put up astronomical numbers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 50 to 60 because they have, you know, 15 strikeouts, nine innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks. I there's nothing negative going against this guy. Um, you know, and even if you have a guy who goes uh, co- goes all the way, a complete game of loss cancels itself out. If a loss is only two points, you know that you're yeah. losing. So, but to, you know, the, to kind of bypass that, we we put it up to vote and, you know, we we're going to try to drop the total points per win used to be 10 points. Now
0: it was You have to drop your points per out is how you're going to yeah. have to do it. Yeah. And There's very few leagues that I know that do one point per out. And I've been in a few points leagues. And yeah. that's that's what's doing it to you. Now, yeah, how many points did you say were per win?
1: Per win? It used to be 10. That yeah, was like years back. And that was I mean, before I think... it was as absurd. But now yeah. it was eight. Um, and then... What we're thinking of doing, though, to make offense more appealing is upping RBIs and runs from one point to two points. That's.
0: Uh, I think that's going to skew it play. the other. Way. I think that's <laughs> going to skew it the other way. I think you guys just need to tweak that inning, that per that per inning, and I think that's what's going to do it for you. That's going to balance everything back out for you. Um,
1: yeah. I
0: mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like even though there's that balance, like the fact that those pitchers can go out there and just totally blow it out of the water. I mean my God, especially if you're in like head to head, if if you're in head to head points leagues, like you definitely need to go after heavy pitching. If you're in season long points leagues, like you can kind of scale back a little bit and just kind of get a bunch of quality guys. Um, But the other thing you got to pay attention to in points leagues and again, like points are so weird. Like I, I I honestly, I hate getting questions (laughs) and, and you ask me all the time. So it's, it's hard. Um, (laughs) I hate getting questions about people's points leagues because it you can't even be like, "Oh, well, I can just assume it's like a standard points league." There is no standard yeah. point league. <laughs> there is no such thing no. as a standard point league. Everybody does it differently.
1: Everything's different.
0: And so it's hard like and and on offense like the do, do you get negative points for strikeouts? So like that's something else. Like a lot of guys like Chris Davis will lose a ton of value even though he's a top you know, five, six, first baseman, he might not be in a points league because he'll strike out over 200 times. So you're getting negative 200 points right off the bat for him. Um, at least, you know, I'm assuming it's only negative one, who knows? Some leagues could do negative two for some weird reason. Like that's the thing about points. league. Like you have to pay attention to and study and memorize your point values per yep. category and know how to draft them I think I was in a league the one of the very first point leagues I was in was heavy heavy offense and I knew this going into the draft and and it was heavy power hitters because they did w- one point for a hit and then it was like one point for a single one point or two points for a double three points for a triple and then four for a home run plus you got the RBI plus you got the run and yeah. I think there was something else like a home run was worth like twelve points, and I was like, "Holy crap!" So I just total dropped a little power okay, and just come. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think total bases were thrown in there too. Yeah, yeah. So it was I
1: mean, that's like just dumb though. Like,
0: so you I- don't yeah, mean, exactly like, that. And that's the it's thing. Like, a lot okay. of people set up these points leagues. They they duplicate points. Yeah, across the board and like I ended up catching a bunch of those in my points league that I joined last year my dynasty league and ended up telling the guy like hey you're duplicating points yeah. across the board in all these different categories um, that's, and so that's, it was more it was still pitching heavy but it wasn't as pitching heavy as like what I've seen before and it definitely wasn't as like hitter heavy as like that other league I'm telling you about but like that league yeah. all I did was draft huge power hitters and I destroyed everybody and so, like, that's the thing. You can easily do that in points league. If you really study your 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 categories and your points for the, that every category is worth, you can dominate because you've just got the upper hand. Because I'm telling you, there's so many, so many categories and so many rules in your league. Very few people, if anybody, are going to fully understand all of them. Going into the draft, yeah.
1: So if you do know yours, you can have the upper hand. That's the biggest thing too, like that doubling up thing. I mean, we don't that that points league I'm in. We don't have any negatives for offensive players, so it's like okay, well, that's the caveat for going out and getting these stud offensive players, as opposed to getting you know three straight rounds of ace pitchers, because the pitchers can get negatives if they get beat up. But it's still not you know, it's still too much. So the very first league that I ever played baseball wise was one I started and did with, you know, just a few few friends. I think it was like four or six of us in the league, so it was kind of a joke, but we were just trying to figure (laughs) it out. And you know, it was more for fun, so it was like a, a weekly lineup. We didn't do daily. And, you know, I had, oh, yeah, all right, well, these are the things I want, you know, hits, RBIs, runs, the standard five cats. And I was like, oh, that would be cool to get banged for for strikeouts and then get banged for caught stealing and whatever. And then I hated it as the league went on because I had guys that were getting hit with this, and it would, like, cost me. But either way, um, points definitely go pitching heavy, heavy, but yeah, I
0: mean, don't go crazy. Like, it's not, AJ, not to, Most leagues aren't going to be no. AJ's league. Everybody where they're like totally pitching heavy, but you need to you need to pay way more attention to to pitching than 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 you're hitting.
1: Yeah, and and even with your closers, because you're getting five points out of the save if you have holds in your league. That's wow. Yeah. Depending point. On... So. Yeah. I mean, you can get you can get a nice setup guy that might get caught with. Get some wins, so you're getting huge points out of this win. The guy pitches one inning, and he can still walk away with you know eight nine points. Right. So. Yep. Yep. Definitely.
0: Yep. Like study study the categories, study the points. You know, study the value of each category, what it's worth. Go pitching heavy. You know, mo- I will say most points leagues are pitching heavy, and uh, you'll be in good. You'll be in good shape. You'll be in much better shape than the rest of your league. I guarantee you. So anyway, so yeah. that is it. I think, uh, we went a little long, but that, that should have been a pretty good conversation for everybody to listen to there. Um, and, uh, hopefully it got you ready for your, your drafts, depending on what style you're in next week, we are going to cover the starting pitchers and we're doing just starting pitchers by themselves. Or are we going to mix in the relievers with it? I don't think we've decided yet. We'll figure it out and let you know. Um, and yeah, so listen next week, Tuesday, eight thirty, and uh, we will see you all next week.
1: All right, last uh, last go out comment here I've got is uh, if you're not watching it, put on uh, ESPN and check out this Indiana Iowa college basketball game. It's a great game, lots of up tempo, back and forth, you know, decent decently high scoring for. The first quarter or first half, sorry, there's still three and a half left. That's forty to thirty-six, Indiana. So great game going on, but
0: all right, yeah, we'll have to talk about baseball. some more madness here soon.
1: Yeah, exactly. We'll have to get get that mixed in here somewhere. And uh, Dexter Fowler, dead to me. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Joe <Jobu. laughs> <laughs>